Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. It is Sarah, and I'm here with best-selling author Beverly Engel, and she has been a psychotherapist for 35 years. She's the author of 22 books, 22. Did you hear me just say the words? <laughs> 22, um, including bestsellers, Emotionally Abusive Relationship, the right to innocence and healing your emotional self. Uh, I'll tell you about her latest book that's coming out in just a few minutes, but I did want to mention she's been on Sally Jesse, Oprah, CNN, Raphael, Donahue, everywhere. She's a contributor to the Oh magazine, which is pretty <laughs> amazing, as well as Psychology Today, and is just such a powerhouse in this field. Um, how are you, Beverly? I'm good. It's good uh, to be on your show. Absolutely. And your latest book is called Escaping Emotional Abuse, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Well, tell us, where do you even want to start with such a legacy that you've left? (laughs) Where would you even want to start with our listeners? Well, I guess I'll I'll talk about why I wrote this book, because I've written, I think, four books on emotional abuse. In fact, I was one of the, I was the first person to ever bring emotional abuse to the public. with my very first book called The Emotionally Abused Woman. And so, you know, people wonder why another book on emotional abuse. Well, the reason I wrote this is that I've, I discovered that even when people know they're being emotionally abused, and part of the book is helping people to figure that out, but even when they know they're being emotionally abused, that doesn't mean they're able to leave the relationship. And I wanted to really help people more to end the relationship if that's what they want to do. Um, and to not feel ashamed about it. Um, The subtitle to the book is Healing the Shame You Don't Deserve, because a lot of people, first of all, emotional abuse is very shaming in itself, Um, but a lot of victims of emotional abuse feel tremendous shame about not leaving the relationship, um, about being in one in the first place, you know, about what what they've done to bring this on to themselves, So I wanted to help remove that shame and make it really understandable why people stay in those relationships. Well, thank you for your work, first of all. I mean, thank you for how long have you been doing this? 35 years. That's right. That's right. 35 years. Within 35 years, right? I mean, what, what huge advancements I'm sure you've seen. Yes, yes. And then how far we still need to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And Um, shame was a topic that we haven't talked about enough. It's only recently being talked about. And I wanted to really delve into it in terms of the effect, the effect that emotional abuse has on a person, the deep shame that they carry because of having been emotionally abused. And shame from the abuser. Yes. As well as then shame from society. When they try to talk about it, I can't put up with this. Why in the world didn't you leave? Why this? Absolutely. Um, And which is really the conversation I'm looking to change on my end. (laughs) You know, Uh because I say, man, so many abused women—they're the best women in the world. Right. They are so lovely and kind and giving and forgiving and helpful and loyal. Like, right. Whoa, these are the best women in the world. So, 
what advice, um, you know, kind of general, and then we'll dive into the, the advice from that book. The general advice is to really understand that it is not your fault that you're being emotionally abused. Um, you're not stupid. You're not ugly. You're not a bad parent. You're not a bad wife. You're not frigid. You're not all the things that you might be being called by your partner. Mm-hmm. It's very hard. If you hear those complaints constantly over and over and over, it's very hard not to take it in. Mm-hmm. And you talk about emotionally abused women. Emotionally abused women tend to believe what their partner tells them. If well, their partner's very- complaining, yeah. But they're very self-reflective as well, right? So they're more yes. likely, what I've seen, more likely to internalize and want to do yes. better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, one distinction I make between somebody who's abusive and somebody who isn't is that an abuser, if something's, if he's not feeling good, if he's feeling anxious, he's having a bad day, the first thing he does is look outside himself for the reason, for the cause, Okay. Mm-hmm. A healthy person, if they're feeling anxious and nervous or just kind of not feeling well, the first thing they do is go inside mm-hmm. and ask, what's going on with me? Mm-hmm. And the same thing holds true in a relationship. An abuser automatically goes to, it must be your fault. If I'm feeling bad, it's your fault. Mm-hmm. A woman or a man, I talk about the fact that men are emotionally abused too, um, that a person is being victimized. If they're not feeling good in the relationship, they don't say to themselves, what's he or she doing wrong? They say, what am I doing wrong? Absolutely. I, in a, not in an abusive sense, but just in a female executive training I was in, she said, if, and this is very stereotypical men and women. So I agree that men could be abused too as well. Most of my listeners are women. Um, And she said, men will try on a pair of pants and and they're too small. And they're like, huh. And then women try on a pair of pants and they're too small. And the women go, oh, something must be the matter with my body. Right, right. And men will say something must be the matter with the pants. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Which is not funny in an abusive situation. Right, 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 joke. right. But uh, it's certainly not funny. Um, I know Bill Eddy of the High Conflict Institute talks about it when there's like an internal struggle, you know, they external blame Right. To try to heal the internal struggle because they're not right. capable of their own healing, their own internal struggles. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and emotional abusers and all abusers. I also talk about the shame that the abuser is feeling. Oh, um, I'd love to talk more about that. Yeah. Yes. Many abusers are so full of shame that they can't take in any information. They can't take in any feedback. They certainly can't take criticism. Can you I had say one. that again? Because I know for some people that may have been like a bomb that just dropped. Can you okay. Okay. Can you say that? Because it's like, what? They can't? You know? Yeah. Many, <laughs> yeah. many emotional abusers have been so shamed previously, probably in childhood, that they can't take in any more shame. And that can come in the form of just feedback. Just feedback feels like shame to them. Such as? Yeah. So, and I think this is a really important point because it's like, hey, can I, can you get the kids on Thursday? And they take that as a criticism, which means they get to go on attack, right? Right, that- right. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 They, they are, they want to push away anything that feels like shame to them. Mm-hmm. And you may not be shaming them at all. Mm-hmm. I had one male client who was a, an abuser say to me, you know, I'm up to here in abuse. I mean, in shame, 
my whole childhood, I was horribly shamed. I'm up to here. I can't take anymore. If I get any more shame, I'm going to drown. And I thought that was such an incredible way to describe it. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about a person who's built up a wall to protect themselves, okay, Mm -hmm. from shame. They also are protecting, as they're protecting themselves, they're not taking in any feedback. They're not taking in any information that could actually help them Mm -hmm. and certainly help the relationship. So I talk a lot about the shame that the abuser is feeling and how often what emotional abuse is really all about is he's projecting his shame onto his partner. He feels so bad about himself, feels like such a failure or inadequate or whatever, and and he can't stand it and he projects it onto his partner. And of course, I'm going to ask now, what advice would you give to the woman who hears that and then goes, oh, I just need to love him more. Oh, I need to be more understanding. Oh, I need to be more forgiving. What advice would you give her? Well, while it's important to understand what's going on with the abuser, including knowing his history, we've got to be really careful to not have so much compassion for the abuser that we allow him to continue abusing you. There's no excuse for the abuse. You can understand. Ooh, ooh, no excuse. <laughs> That's like a bumper sticker. Do you have to There yeah. is no excuse for abuse. Not, yeah. not their childhood abuse. Not their bad right. day at work. Not that their right. coffee wasn't hot enough. Right. Not that the kids were too loud, right? Right. There is right. No excuse. Yes. Right. And in fact, the more you understand them and where they're coming from, you actually have more tools to help the relationship. And the major way you help the relationship is you stop taking in their blame. You Mm -hmm. stop taking in their projection. That's your part. You do not do anything to cause them to be abusive. Mm -hmm. And there's no excuse for them abusing. But your part is you've got to work on not taking it in. Mm -hmm. Don't stop believing the abuser. I have one whole step, which is like a deprogramming. where you stop believing what he said. Abusers very often present themselves as the teacher, the expert, the know-it-all, and they're constantly spewing all this information, including how bad you are or how inadequate you are. They either play hero or victim, and they switch back and forth like it's a game show or something. You just go crazy. Right, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. So... So step one for somebody who's being emotionally abused and your part is that you need to stop believing them. Mm-hmm. Don't give them that power. Don't believe their lies. Don't mm-hmm. believe their assessment of you. Who are they to assess you? Mm-hmm. They don't have their act together. You know, if you are feeling compassionate toward them, feel compassionate. But that doesn't give them permission to make you feel bad. The compassion is not the same as permission or compassion is not the same as access, right? Yes, yes, exactly. That's good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's your responsibility. Mm -hmm. And it's difficult to, if you, if you put somebody on a pedestal or if you've seen him as a leader, if you've seen him as a teacher, and that's often the relationship, unfortunately, at least in the beginning, because abusers like to have their minions. They like to have their victims that they can lecture to, and give information to that makes them feel good. You know, they're the teacher, they're the expert, uh, but you've got to stop seeing them in that way. 
and stop taking in what they say. Stop believing the lies and they lie a lot. Ooh. Okay. And I think if my listeners is like, okay, but why do they lie? Can you, can you give us some insight? I, I don't want to get too far away from the steps, but, yeah. but why do they lie? Yeah. They lie because they're t- constantly covering up their insecurity. Mm-hmm. They're constantly covering up their inadequacies. Mm-hmm. So they're either lying by exaggerating, making themselves out to be better than they are, or they have more accomplishments than they really have, mm-hmm. or they're lying about being unfaithful. Mm-hmm. And they're being unfaithful because they're so in- insecure and inadequate that, you know, they keep going off and having affairs to make themselves feel better. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got nothing to do with their partner. Their partner can be gorgeous and smart and funny and wonderful. But are you they, like Beyonce? I mean, yeah, they, yeah, right. They right. always point out like someone because they did. It's documented. Yes, someone cheated yeah. on Beyonce. Like, yes, was it because yeah. she wasn't fierce enough? Was it right. because she wasn't rich enough or sexy enough right. or talented right. enough? Like, somebody exactly. cheated on Eva Longoria. Somebody cheated on right. Halle Berry. Somebody cheated right. on like this is not about. inadequacies within us. Right, right. It's inadequacy in them. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I think even, I'm not sure that if it was actually ever explicitly said, but Beyonce's husband, what's his name, Jay? Jay-Z. Sorry, sorry. Jay-Z implied, it's been implied that he had to discover why he cheated. Mm -hmm. That that was part of getting back together is he needed to figure out what was he doing? Mm -hmm. Why was he doing it? And again, it never, I don't know if it ever came out explicitly. I never saw or heard it, but it was implied that it was his inadequacy, Mm -hmm. that it was him trying to prove something to himself. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's typically what cheating is about. There's other reasons if somebody's a sex addict or something, but overall, the general reason is because they're covering up their inadequacy. So that's a lie. They lie to to hide the the infidelity. They lie to, to hide their failures. They won't talk about their failures. They'll lie about them. Um, now, Beverly, they don't have any failures. What are you talking about? What are you doing? They don't have any failures. Right, <laughs> it's right. almost what we see in our heads, right? When we're yes. in that situation, it's like, oh, right. they're the teacher. They're the expert. They're the yes. whatever, Mr. Wonderful. And right. I'm nothing. Right. And that, right. that's a, it becomes this crazy power dynamic, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. And you know, with with men who are being emotionally abused, it's the same exact thing. The type of woman who emotionally abuses a man typically is a woman who feels horrible shame from her own childhood. And she cannot stand any criticism at all, any, any uh, even questioning her. She can't stand it. Uh, and so she will constantly blame him and constantly find fault in him. The female emotional abuser is constantly finding fault in her partner. It's horrible. And we have these men who are, you know, believe it and they take it in. And it's, you know, it's equally horrible uh, to the women who are being emotionally abused. It is. And it's really interesting to see a man who's gone through that and, even like as I internalize it myself, I'm like almost like the different reaction. I'm almost like um, normalized women, not obviously not normalized women being abused, right. but I talk to women all the time. Right, <laughs> this right. happened. And when right. it's a man and he talks about like his soul dropping out, it's yes. just, it's really interesting just because yeah. it's so uncommon and just, yeah. it's 
it's people yeah. being mean to each other, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh, and I really, I want to go back to, okay. Cause I know my listeners are going, so he can't take criticism. So what is a way that I can start saying things so that he stops abusing me? Cause I know that's what they're thinking. <laughs> yeah. Well, good luck, but I, I don't want to discourage you from, yeah. from confronting your partner about sure. his abuse. And I don't mean confrontation like a, a really harsh thing. I mean, even just sitting down with him and saying, look, I've been reading a book or I've been, I've heard a podcast and I've come to realize that I think I'm being emotionally abused by you. And I want to tell you how and, and how it makes me feel. And then you wait and see how he reacts. Now, the typical reaction might be, I don't know what you're talking about. You're crazy. You know, you always exaggerate. You're too sensitive, blah, blah, blah. The flip. That's, they do the flip. They do the flip. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, or they do gaslighting, which we've uh-huh. become very familiar with, thanks to our politics now. The uh-huh. one good thing that we've gotten out of I've this is that we now that know what gaslighting is. Sandra L. Brown said the exact same thing, interestingly yeah. enough. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we've learned a lot of things, actually, with this president about abuse. Um, but, you know, gaslighting, he will probably he or she will probably try to make you feel like you're crazy. You know, point out, well, you know, you're always having conflicts. You have conflicts with your mother. You have conflicts with your sister. You know, it's really not me. It's you. You need to look at yourself, you know, uh, or, you know, you you had to go, you know, you were in therapy for a long time because your childhood made you so screwed up. And I think you're mixing me up with your, one of your parents. I don't think that you're seeing me clearly. I mean, they're good at it. They're good. Thank at you the for that. Right. Thank you for saying that, you know, because when you hear it, cause I do the same, you know, I know the same language, but it's almost like it's hard to even say out loud to most people. Cause many people you'd say it to and kind of start to crumble, <laughs> you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. yes, the, they use their best pieces against you and yes, anything yes. they can do. And that's yes. exactly what it sounds like. I mean, some yeah. people are probably hitting rewind right now in the podcast. Yeah. Like how has she been in my house? Cause it's exactly, yeah. you know, yeah. that's exactly what it sounds you know, like. You know, in the beginning of a relationship, we're vulnerable and we tell our stories to each other. We tell our most vulnerable information. We talk about our mistakes. We talk about our parents. We talk about abuse in childhood. We become very vulnerable. And emotional abusers will use that information. That's what you were just implying. They'll use that against us. As soon as we complain about them, we're going to get that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, that's the typical response. Okay. Mm -hmm. I have to say, I work with some male abusers who are the exception. Some male abusers, I call them the unintentional abusers, Mm -hmm. are simply repeating what happened to them when they grew, when they were growing up, either Mm -hmm. watching their parents emotionally abuse each other or having been emotionally abused by their parents. They're simply repeating what they know and they don't even realize it's abuse. How would someone know the difference between the two? people? Well, let me tell you how an an unintentional abuser will respond to you saying you're doing so-and-so and so. -so. He will say to you, I didn't realize I was doing that. Mm -hmm. He won't tell you that you're wrong or you're making it up or you're exaggerating or you're crazy. He'll say, he'll stop and he'll say, oh, I didn't realize Mm -hmm. I was doing that. Now, granted, most of them don't come to that place until they feel like they're going to lose you. Okay. Okay. And that's really important. And I I want, because we cannot be, we cannot do more of what we've already been trying 
to get them to change more right. loving, more kind, more forgiving. Right. More, right. You know, I want to point out they really right. said when you have put your you right. know, stake in the, and meant it, not yes. just said yeah. it, right. They yeah. know I'm losing her. Um, yeah. That's your best shot, right? Absolutely. So your first step is you just want to have the conversation, okay? You don't have to threaten that you're going to leave. You certainly don't threaten, like you said, you need to mean it if you're going to do that. But you don't need to do that yet. You just need to say, this is what you're doing and this is what's making me, this is how I feel. Now, so the unintentional abuser will typically be quite shocked. And they will say, my gosh, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize I was doing that. I didn't realize you felt that way. Uh, Now, good intentional abuser can use that tactic too. Okay. But the unintentional one will really surely be shocked. And you can tell, you can kind of tell that they really didn't know. Okay. And somewhere in their message back to you must be something like, how can I be different? Or I will be different. I will change. Okay. The intentional abuser is not going to say something like that. Again, unless he's just a malignant narcissist and he's just pulling your strings constantly. Okay. We can talk about that another time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Promise without change is manipulation. You know, if a person is actually making efforts to change, stopping themselves, saying, Ooh, I really that. Yeah. Yeah. That way that would be different, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now the other way of doing it besides having the talk is to call somebody on their behavior in the moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and that's a good tactic with narcissists is to like a narcissist has been sitting there talking to you for an hour and a half and you're tired of hearing it. And, and you, <laughs> you say, you know what? I think I've listened to you enough mm-hmm. tonight. Um, you know, I'm going to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or um, he's put you down and you say, you know what? I don't like it when you tell me things like that. I don't like it when you talk to me that way. I don't like it when you make fun of me in front of other people. Like you've been at a party and there's been the constant making fun of you. So right after the party, you say, you know what? I don't like it when you make fun of me in front of other people. Stop doing it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now that takes a lot of guts to say that. Okay. And if you're being horribly emotionally and maybe even physically abused, I don't expect you to be able to say that, okay, that directly. But that's another alternative. There's the alternative is to talk, you know, have to talk with them and explain what it is, refer them to a book to read. My book, The Emotionally Abusive Relationship, is written for both the partner and the victim. Oh, that's great. And there, there are strategies for the abuser in the book. There are steps for the abuser. So I'm not trying to sell a book, but just that's a You good can sell your book. That's fine. <laughs> Be proud of that best-selling book. Yeah, go run ahead. But that's a way to, you know, I've read this book. These are the ways you've been abusive to me. There are steps in here in terms of how you can make some changes. You know, I would appreciate if you did that. That's, that's a talk. Then there's a catching them in the moment. You know, you're doing it again. You know, you're putting me down in front of the kids. I don't like it. Please stop. So there's the telling them in the moment. And then, yes, there's the the, the huge talk, which is I'm going to be ending the relationship. You know, mm-hmm. I've tried with you. I've tried with you. I've had it. This is it. I'm leaving. And that's when very often both intentional and unintentional abusers will come to me and say, please help me. I'm going to lose my wife. OK, mm-hmm. now they're motivated. You know, she may have told him a hundred times what was wrong, but it isn't until she says, I'm leaving, 
that they take it seriously. They don't believe her that she's going to leave. Okay. She said it before. They don't think she can do it. They don't think she can make it on her own. They don't think anybody else will ever want her. And she doesn't think so either. That's a typical thing is for Uh the victim to not think that anybody's ever going to want her again. That's one of the reasons for staying in the relationship. Um, But once they really believe that she's going to leave or she has left, boy, they're motivated then. Okay. Now the motivation doesn't necessarily last. Okay. They come to therapy for a few times, most of them, and then stop because it's too much work. But I have to say, I've worked with some unintentional abusers who've continued to work through it. Uh, Yes, because their wife has left, but also they come to realize that they are abusive and they want to change. I love that, Beverly. And I'm so glad we have a round two coming up. So um, yeah, this is going to be round one with Beverly. So I'm going to check out the second version of this podcast. Uh, we're going to be selling bumper stickers. No excuse. <laughs> bugs, you know, uh, that's awesome. Beverly, tell people where they can find you. And I'll also include all this in the show notes as well. Okay. Okay. Well, my website, my main website is Beverly at, I mean, it's, it's Beverly Engel.com, but E-N-G-E-L, BeverlyEngel.com is my main website. But I have a really great website called Heal Your Shame or Heal My Shame. I'm getting it mixed up. Heal My Shame. And on that website, as you know, I have all kinds of uh, exercises and articles and information about all forms of abuse. And it's focused on the shame that victims experience after having been abused. I love it. And definitely check out very direct exercises that you can use today to start feeling better. So thank you so much, Beverly. And um, I'm excited that we're going to speak again. So thank you for helping us on our journey to become toxic person proof. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live, there's tons of support, and most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.